to the High Praises Church podcast. We hope you are blessed by today's sermon. Now here's lead pastor, Chris Starr. I want to preach a message I've been anxious to preach. Couldn't wait to get here to preach. I've entitled it, Defeating the Spirit of Fear. Defeating the spirit of fear. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. And while you're turning, it just is so good to see all of you here in church and people are making their way back to the house of God. And we've got a revised plan. And I, we're going to be talking about that, I think, at the end of the service. And we're going to try to get everything going July 12th. But we've got a little process between now and then, so we feel good about it. All of you who are watching by online, by the Internet, we're glad to have you and we miss you. Hope you'll make your way back here and we can all be in the house of God together again. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. This is what it reads. Paul's writing to his son in the faith, Timothy. He said, for God has not given us a spirit of fear. God's not given us a spirit of fear, but God has given us a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. Can somebody say amen to the reading of the word? All right, have a seat. You've been standing a while. There is a story that I want to take you to in the Old Testament. It's found in the book of Numbers, chapter 13. It is a story of Moses uh, standing with the children of Israel on the edge of the promised land. And the Bible tells us that the Lord appeared to Moses and told him to pick one man from each of the 12 tribes of Israel and to send those men into the land of Canaan to spy out the land and bring back a report. And so they did that, and the men came back, and two of the men, Caleb and Joshua, had a good report. They said, look, it's everything that God says it is. It's a good land, and it's a great land, and it's waiting on us. And here's what they said, let us go up at once and take possession of the land, for we are well able to overcome it. I like that kind of talk. I like that kind of talk that says we can do it. Let's go do it. God told us to do it. We've got the power of God behind us. Let's go up. However, 10, the other 10 spies did not have a positive report. Now, they admitted that the land was a land flowing with milk and honey. They admitted that it was everything that God said it was, but they said, we cannot go up and take this land. There are giants in the land. There are walled cities in that land. We can't take those walled cities down. They have powerful armies. There is no way. And when we saw the giants, we appeared in our own eyes as grasshoppers. And so their negative report Their fearful report discouraged the people of Israel, and so they disobeyed God. They rebelled against God. They refused to enter the promised land and to enter into their destiny, and consequently, they wandered around in the wilderness for 40 years until that generation of adults died off one by one, and they never entered the promised land. Now, my question is, what was it that stopped them from fulfilling God's plan for their life? What was the force that was so strong that it would make them disobey God and resist the will of God and and ultimately not fulfill God's purpose for their life? You ready? It was a spirit of fear. It was a spirit of fear that got upon the 10 leaders and ultimately the nation of Israel. Paul talks about a spirit of fear here 
in this verse, and he says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. And I read that verse, and I did what preachers do, and I began to study it, and I looked up the word for fear, and it means dread or intimidation or trepidation or timidity or trembling or hesitation to act. Now, that sounds like fear, doesn't it? But then I wanted to know about that word spirit, the spirit of fear. I don't think it's talking about a demonic spirit, an unclean spirit. Rather, when I did my word study, the word spirit here is used by Paul to mean a disposition, a state of being, a mood. It's an overwhelming, controlling, and prevailing mood or tendency or inclination. However, like a demonic spirit, it possesses you. It controls you. It overwhelms you. It influences you. It influences your every decision. So when you put those two things together, now listen now. A spirit of fear, God's not given us a spirit of fear. A spirit of fear is what? It is the tendency or inclination to live in a state of fear that overwhelms you, controls you, possesses you, and influences everything you do. Paul said God has not given us that. I think it's a spirit of fear that gripped the ten spies, and the nation of Israel. I think it was the spirit of fear that gripped the apostles when they were in a boat on the Lake of Galilee, the Sea of Galilee with Jesus, uh, and a storm arose. And he was asleep on a pillow, and the waves crashed into the boat and came over in the boat, and the wind was blowing, and they couldn't bail the water out as fast as the water was coming in. And finally they woke Jesus up, and they said, Master, don't you care that we're drowning? And Jesus stood up and wiped the sleep from his eyes and calmly said, Peace, be still. And when he did, the wind immediately stopped blowing and the waves went dormant and the lake went placid and the, and the disciples were in shock. And then Jesus looked up and then said, Why are you so fearful? Why are you so full of fear, O oh, you of little faith? You see, they had a spirit of fear that came on them. Now, there's a lesson there. You ready for the lesson? Here's the lesson. A spirit of fear will diminish your faith. A spirit of fear will even destroy your trust in God. What does it do? It makes the potential danger stronger than God. In your mind, that danger, that threat is stronger than the Lord. And a sad picture is a picture of a born-again believer bound by a spirit of fear. I've said it several times. I'll say it again. Paul does not give you a spirit of fear, which leaves only one source, the devil. The devil is a terrorist. He is the ultimate terrorist who will paralyze you with worry and dread and anxiety over your health and your marriage and your children and your job and the economy and whatever else he can find in your life. And listen to me, brothers and sisters. If you have a spirit of fear, you have a stronghold in your spirit and in your mind and in your heart. It's a stronghold that the devil has set up. And what you must do is rise up with a warrior spirit and confront that thing and destroy that stronghold and pull it down at once. Let me give you a powerful verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4 and 5. Listen to this. This is powerful. I could preach a whole message on these, on these two verses. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, 
but they are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. See, by the power of God, you have the weaponry that you can bring strongholds down. He said, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. When that stronghold gets in your mind, that's the devil's playground. That's the devil's base of operation in your spirit, in your mind, in your heart. But when you tear it down, the devil has to leave. And when you take captive those fear, fearful thoughts and you put them deep in a dungeon and shut the door, you tell them you're not going to run rampant in my mind. You're not going to control my emotions anymore. But rather, I'm going to let God dictate what I think and how I feel. And Jesus is the Lord of my spirit. I believe with all my heart there is a spirit of fear on America. If you're watching the news, you may, you may be feeling and battling that spirit of fear right now. I believe there is a spirit of fear that has been on this nation for several months. I think it began with COVID-19. People have lived with a spirit of fear. Our leaders have led out of a spirit of fear. Now, have they operated in wisdom? Yes. Have they been cautious? Yes. Initially, we didn't know about COVID-19. We didn't understand this. And China was not being forthcoming. And so we were just having to figure it out on our own. So yes, they were doing the things they needed to do, but as time has gone on and as the numbers and data and stats have come, we've realized that this thing wasn't all that they thought it was going to be. Not as many people were going to die as they thought was going to die and get sick and it's not been what they thought they've been. But, oh, that doesn't matter. There's been a spirit of fear that has gripped our nation. I think it's gripped Anderson County. I'll be honest. People are terrified. There are people scared to death to leave their homes. They're terrified. I did some studying this week. I did a little research. I wanted to find out for myself. I was tired of everybody else telling me how I was supposed to think and feel. And so I thought I'd just go look for it for myself. Do you have any idea how many residents we have in this great county of Anderson? I'll tell you, 203,000. We have a large county. 203,000 people live in the county of Anderson. Do you know how many people have confirmed cases of COVID-19 in Anderson County? Now, I got two different numbers from two different sources, so don't go trying to tell me I was wrong. I'm going to be within four of either one of them. <laughs> 263. Now, one said 267. That's the confirmed number of cases in our county of 203,000 people. That is an infection rate of 0 0.001. Are you hearing your pastor? Do you know how many people have passed away because of COVID-19 in Anderson County? Eight. I can't even tell you what that percentage is. I didn't figure it out, but I imagine it's 0 0.00001. I'm telling you that because we have been overwhelmed with fear, fear 
Oh, I'm so scared to touch it. They tell us if you touch something, you'll get it. Then they came back and said, oh, we found out you don't touch anything, you won't get it. Then the CDC came back and said, wait a minute, we might have been wrong. If you touch something, you might. They don't know. You know what? I told somebody, I said, I'm that guy, I don't know why, that I say what everybody else is thinking. I, told, I had a long-term member. It's been with me for 21 years. She said, Pastor, that's why we keep coming to church here because we love that about you. You say what we're thinking. I had one member said, Pastor, it's funny. I did the same thing you did. I pulled up those same numbers and got the same stats just like you. People are smart. I pastor a smart con a congregation. You people are intelligent, highly intelligent. But let me tell you something. You can be smart, but the devil can still use people and circumstances to generate a spirit, a mood, a disposition, a state of being to we're terrified for our kids. We're terrified for them to go to school. We're terrified to touch anything. We're terrified to talk to anybody. That, listen, I'm telling you, today. It's a spirit of fear and we need to tear down this stinking stronghold and we need to say let the facts be the facts and realize that God is for us. Who can be against us? It's a spirit of fear. Christians can get a spirit of fear. Did you know that? I've seen Christians terrified, live in terror that their child will be abducted. I've seen Christians live in fear that their spouse was going to be unfaithful. I've seen Christians live in fear that they're going to miss the rapture every day of their life. They don't have a confident assurance. They're living in fear all day, every day. I'm going to miss the rapture. I'm afraid I won't be ready when Jesus comes. A spirit of fear can manifest in different ways. Paul wrote to our text, wrote our text to his son in faith, Timothy. And let me tell you what he was concerned about. He was concerned for Timothy being ashamed of his testimony for Jesus and ashamed of Paul being in prison and ashamed of suffering for Jesus. If you'll read the context, that's what it, it shows you. Listen to me. Let, me. let me just deal with this because this might touch somebody. Being ashamed of these things is a form of fear. Did you know that? It's a form of fear and you might fight the same battle. Let me show you what I mean. You're afraid of what people will say or do to you if you tell them you are saved. See, you're fighting shame. What, what will they say or do to me if they find out I go to church? What will they say or do to me if I live right, if I actually live out my faith and serve God? Maybe you're scared of being persecuted or suffering for your faith in Jesus. That's a form of shame. But I just came here this morning to tell you I refuse to let the devil intimidate me, and I think you ought to refuse to let the devil intimidate you. We have not been made to live under a spirit of fear like Paul. We need to say, stand and say, I am not ashamed for I know whom I have believed and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed to him against that day. What have I committed to him? I've committed to him my body. I've committed to him my health. I've committed to him my marriage. I've committed to him my children, my grandchildren. I've committed to him my finances and I've committed to him my soul and my spirit and if he can't keep me we're all in trouble but the truth is he can keep me and he'll walk with me and he'll keep me every step of the way until I get to heaven I don't have to live in fear y'all I got Jesus and that's enough God has given every believer not the spirit of fear 
But the way the text reads, even though he doesn't say the spirit of, it's implied. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power. So it's as if he's saying the spirit of power. Well, how many of you know he's given us the Holy Spirit? So the Holy Spirit then inside of us gives us a state of being, creates in us a state of being, a disposition, a, a tendency, an inclination. He creates our state of being. I don't want anything outside of me creating my state of, of, of mind or being. Do you? I want Jesus on the inside working on the outside. And so the Holy Spirit within creates three spirits within me or disposition, states of being. It's the spirit of power, spirit of love, spirit of sound mind. I want to finish the message of these. He said God, God gives you, it's a gift, the spirit of power. It is the Greek word dunamis. It's from that Greek word that we get our English word dynamite. Dynamite's just a little stick, but you light it and put it in its environment, and when it explodes, it affects the entire environment around it. It'll, it'll blow rock out of the side of a mountain. It'll, it'll, it'll tear a hole up however many feet deep when you throw dynamite. It, it affects Listen to me, it affects its environment. The problem with the spirit of fear is we let the environment affect us. But when I've got the Holy Ghost power inside of me, then I affect my environment around me. There is a spirit of power in us. Uh, there's miracle working power. There's divine power. There's devil defeating power. There's healing power in us. There's liberating power. It's the power of God. There's overcoming power. It's power that enables you to rise up and overcome whatever it is that is the source of your spirit of fear. My friend Odell Burns used to preach on this. He said God's got more power than solar power. God's got more power than nuclear power. And then he said God's got more power than Duke power. I like that. So I'm trying to tell you, and that power that he has is inside of you. Let me read a verse to you, Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. Listen to this now. Don't miss this, y'all. This is for you. According to the power that works in us. Look at somebody sitting next to you and say, there's a power working in you. Help me preach. There's a power working in you. And it's the power of God. And he says to him, be glory in the church. See, a spirit of fear focuses on what the potential danger or threat can do. Listen to me. But the spirit of power focuses on what God can do. So don't tolerate fearfulness in your spirit. Don't put up with it. But in power, proclaim, if God is for me, who can be against me? God is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Though a thousand may fall at my side and ten thousand at my right hand, it shall not come near me, says the Lord. The battle is not mine, but the battle is the Lord's. Come on, y'all. We've got to understand that the Lord is our shepherd. I shall not want. We have to understand that the Lord's going to supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. What if I get sick? He's still the great physician, and he speaks a word and heals people. We need to get back to trusting God, who is our rock, our refuge, our fortress, our strong tower. The name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous run into it, and they are safe. 
I got to hurry. God's given us a spirit of power, and then he's given us a spirit of love. It's that Greek word agape. It means sacrificial love, selfless love, divine love. Let me just say this to you this morning. Listen to me. You have no idea how much God loves you. The psalmist wrote in Psalm 103, 11, For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his love towards those who fear him. That's pretty high, isn't it? As the heavens are high above the earth. <laughs> Try to measure that. In other words, God's love is, is limitless. It's infinite. You don't know how much God loves you. But if you can realize the depth of God's love, the intensity of God's love, the faithfulness of God's love for you, listen to me. You quickly realize that he's going to take care of you. You're a good, good father. That's who you are. That's who you are. That's who you are. What does the next line say? And I'm loved by you. So he's a good, good father. So he's going to protect me. He's going to watch over me. He's going to care for me. He's going to supply my needs. He's going to heal me. He's going to deliver me. He's going to make a way for me. He's going to give me miracles when I need them. Listen, if COVID-19 wants to get to you, it has to go through the Father first. Did you hear me? Yeah, but Dr. Fauci said, I don't really care what Dr. Fauci says anymore. Sort of tired of listening to Dr. Fauci. That's on TV, isn't it? Yes. Put it all out there for to hear. I really don't care about Dr. Fauci saying anymore. Okay? I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not worried about Fauci. I'm worried about the father. And if the father says it's not going to touch me, can't touch this, baby. That's what all I got to say. Little MC Hammer right there. Can't touch this. If it does touch me, then God will heal me and bring me through. What if you die, Pastor? You're going to die of something. Oh, you're going to die. You die. What? I thought you were going to heaven. Come on. I said, I thought you were going to heaven. I thought you were going to heaven. Oh, you're going to die. No, you're going to go to heaven. To be absent from the body, to be present. See, we've let this. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost anointing. I'm, I'm trying to behave myself, but I feel the Holy Ghost anointing to preach today because I'm coming against the Spirit. I was with somebody there in the room right now. They're going to laugh right now. I was with him the other day, and his wife wants a car. She wants a nice car. I said, go get her a car. His wife right now knows who she is. I said, go buy her a car. Go get that luxury car. I said, you only live once. And then I stopped, and I said, a preacher shouldn't say that. That's not true. We don't just live once and die. We live forever. I still told him to go buy her a car. I sing because I'm happy. I sing because I'm free. His eye is on the sparrow. Wait, 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 hold on. And I know. Come on, y'all know it. And I know. Yes, I know. Come on, sing. He watches me. Oh, do you believe that? Do you be, oh, but, but, oh, it's only when they're pandemics that he goes on vacation? Come on, somebody. Is it only, only, when, only when all the news says all that the news says and the 24 news cycle does all? Is that, is that, huh? No. He watches over you from the morning and the night. Jesus, be a fence all around me every day. 
Okay, I got to hurry. What am I preaching on? Spirit of the sound mind. Gives us a spirit of power. Gives us a spirit of love. And then he gives us a spirit, a disposition, a state of being of a sound mind. Let me show you what that is. This is good. Discipline. Discipline. Self-control. Self-management. Sober-mindedness. Listen to me. What is that saying? Am I going to let somebody else control me? Am I going to let somebody else control what I think, how I feel, what my level of faith is? Y'all with me? Or am I going to exercise this powerful spirit of God that says I'll choose how I feel and I'm going to feel what God tells me to feel. I'm going to choose what I think and I'm going to choose what the Lord says. I'm going to get in the word and read the word and let the word determine what I think in my mind. I'm going to choose to not let a spirit of fear ruin my spiritual state of being but rather I'm going to let the Holy Ghost rise up within me and I'm going to stand in the power and the might of God Almighty. You understand what I'm saying? It's a, it's a spirit. You can have the, the same power of the spirit of fear can be the spirit of self-control that says, uh-uh, I'll choose. Talk all you want. I'll choose what I'm going to. There are too many people that need this spirit. They need the spirit of a sound mind. This is a state of mind where your senses have been restored after being distorted. Listen to me. The devil will lie to you and get you worried. The world will give you information that will trouble your soul. The media love to write a negative narrative. The 24 news cycle will keep you up at night. But listen to this good preaching. When the spirit of a sound mind moves in, it turns a troubled mind into a peaceful mind. It turns negative thoughts into positive thoughts. It takes the words of naysayers and removes them and replaces them with the words of God. Takes hopeless thoughts and replaces them with hopeful thoughts. It takes the expectation of the worst and replaces it with the expectation of the best. You understand what I'm talking about? It's a spirit, a disposition. And you say, I'll not let negative reports have the last word. But I'll let God have the last word in my mind. I want to close with a story, and all the children in here like this. All the kids, I know you're doing good. All the children, listen to me. All the kids, look, how many of y'all kids love the story of David and Goliath? Everybody likes David and Goliath. All right. So those of you watching by the Internet, see, we've been doing family church for a few Sundays. So we've got a lot of children in here. Family church. David and Goliath. Let me, let me just preach David and Goliath real quick. The, the children of Israel are in a valley. It's the Valley of Rephidim, the, 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 the Philistines, the arch enemies of Israel on this side, the children of Israel on this side, and they're supposed to be fighting a battle in the middle, but they're not. Because the Philistines said, and they would do this in ancient times, they said, instead of us all getting out of fighting and a lot of people dying, you get a champion, we'll get a champion, we'll put them out there in the middle, they'll fight each other, and whoever wins, their, their army wins. If your guy loses, your army loses. You just lay down your, your weapons and you're defeated. And, and so King Saul over Israel said, all right, we'll do it. Well, they had a champion all right for Philistia, a big old giant. I don't know, eight, nine feet tall, big old guy. Had a big old giant spear and sword and javelin. He comes out every day and he's taunting the children of Israel. Come on, somebody come out here and fight me. Come on, pick you a champion. Come out here because I'll beat you to death. I'm going to feed you to the birds. I mean, he was saying all these things. Do you know what happened? Nobody stood up. You know what got on that army? A spirit of fear. They would all get all bowed up. They'd get in position until Goliath walked out. Read it in the Bible. And then they'd all run and hide. 
And this went on for days. Until along came David. Old King David. Comes skipping into camp. And if he was a southern boy, he'd say, What's up, y'all? Hey, y'all. Where's the battle? I want to see some fighting. Tell me some stories. I want to hear some good stories of how you beat down those enemies of God. And nobody had any stories. Because, see, the spirit of fear will kill any testimony you have. You don't have testimonies when you're hiding and not fighting. And so nobody had a story. And David said, what's the problem? And they said, look, and here comes big old Goliath out. And little old David looks at him and says, let me at him. Let me at him. It's like my little white Maltese. He can see a big old chihuahua, I mean, big old like Doberman or something, and he'll go up think he can take him on. That Doberman to eat him in two bites. My little Maltese will run up to him, just barking like he's all that in a bag of chips. It's kind of what it looked like. David walked out there and said, Let me at him. Get out of my way. Let me get him. Saul said, Whoa, whoa, whoa. Who do you think you are? He said, I'll tell you who I am. He said, I'm a son of God, I'm a child of God. He said, you sure don't have the spirit of fear. He said, I don't. He said, let me tell you what I've done. He said, I fought a lion and a bear. I'm a shepherd. And that lion and that bear came and tried to eat my sheep. And he said, I went after him. He said, matter of fact, I grabbed the lion by the beard. He got face to face with the lion. Now, you got to be bold to do that. And he said, I grabbed that lion face to face and I killed him. Then a big old bear came out, and I killed him because he was trying to kill my sheep. And he said, I'll do to that giant what I did to that bear and that lion. Now, that's not a spirit of fear. That's a spirit of power. Wouldn't you like to have that kind of spirit? You should, because that's the gift of God to you. And he said, let me add him. He, Saul said, wait a minute, you think you go out there? Oh, he said, yeah, I know I can go out there. He had a spirit of love. He said, because I, I know who I am. He said, I'm the sweet psalmist of Israel, and I write songs under the power of the Holy Ghost, and I talk about God all the time. I'm a songwriter and a singer, and I'm a musician, and I know the power of praise, and I praise him and worship him all the time. You know why? Because I know he loves me. I'm his child. I know he loves me, and I know he has a plan for my life. He has anointed me to be the next king of Israel. So if I go out there and take that king, I'm not going to die. I'm not going to die. I know i got a plan. I've got a destiny. Let me add him. I'll take him out. Matter of fact, this might be the way I get to the throne. Are you seeing what I'm preaching to you today? Yeah, but don't you see how big he is and how small you he, you Doesn't matter to me. So they let him go, and David went out there, and Goliath said, what is this? You sent a little chihuahua out here. What is this? It's a little bitty dog. You sent that little bitty boy out here to fight me. Are you mocking me? What are you doing? You wait till you see what I do with this little thing. That's intimidation. But David had a spirit of a sound mind. He would not let what the giant said influence him. See, he had self-control. You're not going to get in my mind. I'm going to get in your head. And he said, let me tell you something, big boy. Now, that's not in the Bible. That's me preaching. Let me tell you something, big boy. You come against me with a spear and a javelin 
and a shield and a sword. He said, but I come against you in the name of the Lord of the armies of heaven. And I'm going to kill you, and I'm going to defeat you, and I'm going to take your head off of you. And everybody in Philistia is going to know that there is a God in Israel. Now, that little old boy, he's talking to that big old giant. How can he talk like he was just naive? No, he wasn't naive. He had faith in God. That There was no spirit of fear on him. He had faith in God. See, that's what the spirit of boldness, the spirit of a sound mind, the spirit of power, the spirit of love will do. It will help you to overcome the spirit of fear. And the Bible says David ran towards him. When you have a spirit of fear, you run from the thing you're scared of. That's why we've all been locked up in our houses. But David ran towards the giant. It's in the Bible. Read it. And there was a brook, and he stopped, and he picked out four smooth stones. Now, I've got, I've told you all this. Some of you don't know this. Most of you know this. I've got a, a smooth stone out of that creek. I have it in my possession. My mom and dad went to the Holy Land. My dad was in the Valley of Rephidim, was at that creek. Isn't that something? All these thousands of years later, that stream is still there. And my dad got a rock out of that and brought it home to me, and I have it. And it is the rock. No, I'm just kidding. I'm telling the little red spots on it kind of makes me wonder. And I've got that rock. Well, you know what? David didn't just pick up one. He picked up five. Now, unless you're a theologian, a lot of people wonder, why did he pick up five? He only needed one. afraid he was going to miss? Oh, no. You read in the Bible, Goliath had four big brothers. That's in the Bible. He had four big brothers. And David had so much of the spirit of power, love, and sound mind, the Holy Ghost. He said, I'm going to take care of you, big boy. And if your brothers decide they're going to come get me, because that's sometimes what brothers do. You know, you pick on one brother, you got to deal with the whole crowd. He said, I got four more rocks waiting on them. I'm going to take them out too. I love that kind of spirit. Who wants a spirit of fear where you're scared of everything? I'd rather be like little David and say, I'm ready for you, baby. Bring it on because it's not me. It's the God in me. And if God is with me, I don't have to worry about it. And he put that stone in that sling and slung it around and let it go. And like a guided missile, whop, it hit Goliath right in the head, took him out. David, little David went over there, didn't have a sword, pulled that sword out, decapitated him, grabbed him by the head, started back to Israel. Everybody was in shock and said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He just did a little jig right there. When that happened, the spirit of fear got off the children of Israel and they got that power, love, and a sound mind. The spirit of fear got on Philistia. They took off after the Philistines. The Philistines took off running back to their country and they defeated them all the way back to their homeland. Isn't that a great story? But the point that I'm making is it took defeating the spirit of fear to get the victory. And the enemy was defeated. I want you to stand with me in this house. Let me ask you something. What's your giant? What's your giant? What's tempting you to resist God? What is frightening you? that you will refuse to obey God. And, 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 and what is it that's, that's gonna, that right now is making you miss your destiny? What is it? I came here today with all the fire and passion this Pentecostal preacher has within him.
to say to you, we need to defeat the spirit of fear in you. And you need to let the Holy Ghost rise up. And you need to say, I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. It's time to get back to living. Come on, I said it's time to get back to living. It's time to stop living in fear. Let's go, let's get back to living. Let's get back to being the people of God. Let's get back to church. Let's get back to school. Let's get back to the things. Let's stop worrying about everything. Let's, let's get back to living and say God's got this thing. God's got this thing. And believe that we're going to be all right. You say, Pastor, what are you advocating? I'm not advocating one thing. Leaders are going to lead. They're going to do what they're going to do. We need to pray for them. But I'm just telling you, I think we need to get back to living. And we need to get back. But I'll tell you this much. I will say this to you, the church. Let's stop living in fear. And let's live in faith. Right there, wherever you are, they're about to sing. I want you to bow your heads. And if I preach today, those of you watching by the internet, if I preach today and you say, Pastor, you are all up in my stuff. You have, you have addressed the main issue in my life. You have no idea what I have been fighting, but the Holy Spirit is, are, is using these words and the Word of God to speak to me. I want this spirit of fear removed from my life. I want it eliminated. I want it torn down. I want these thoughts taken captive and put in a dungeon and the door locked and they will not run rampant in my mind again. Then I want you to start praying that right now all over this church. Begin to pray. If you say, Pastor, I'm not a spirit of fear. You intercede for others. But right now, begin to say, God, here's what I've been afraid of. This is a spirit of fear, but God, I tear it down. I tear it down right now. I pull it down in the name of Jesus. And I pray, God, that you will give me a spirit of power. Give me a spirit of love. Give me a spirit of a sound mind so that I walk in fear, but I walk in faith. For if you are for me, who can be against me? Come on, y'all pray all over this church. Thanks for listening. Be sure to join us Sunday mornings. Our service times are nine o'clock and 1045. For more information, please visit us at highpraises.org.